1: What's up you guys? Sean Ross Sap. It is June tenth. Fightful dot com. Listening your boy podcast one seventy four. Always wondered what it would be like when we got to one seventy four, Jimmy.
2: Oh, I'm sure you did. That's 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 always been the target number.
1: The benchmark. Yeah. Little did you benchmark. know I had planned to fly to Toronto on one hundred seventy four, but I missed my flight.
2: There you go. There you go. I want to start by saying one of our regulars named. Uh, by the way, I have the uh, the thing on an iPad, so I can look at the comments. Yeah, sure. One of our regulars named Anakin JMT said, "Yes, I only asked Jimmy Van for some good, stupid people today, as I need a good laugh. I got good ones for you." So here's the got thing. got some good ones. He also said
1: because he he sends a lot of super chats. He said, uh, "I'll never ask for a free super chat. fifa's always earned my money, and I'm happy to give it." But he mentioned that. Uh, his debit card hasn't been, he's got a new debit card cause he got charged and all that stuff for a car part that he didn't even own. Like he, uh, it looks like identity fraud and he's like, well, I'll donate super chats when my card gets in. How about this? You can just give me your credit card information. <laughs> I'll write it down. I'll do the manual thing. I definitely won't go buy car parts, but, uh, uh-huh. definitely feel free there. But Anakin, you've done a lot. Send us one. And uh, we'll answer it. But hey, if you guys want your question or statement read on the air, donate a Super Chat live here at YouTube.com slash Fightful. We will read it on the air, but maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, Sean, I want to ask like five questions. Well, luckily for you, FightfulSelect.com has my Q&A this week. We're, We're going with five per subscriber this week to see how it goes, to see how you all like it. But hey, I mean, there, there's a lot of info you all can get with five questions. Head over to fightfulselect.com. We'll be talking about a story that I broke over there a little bit later. But if you're here on YouTube, thumbs up, subscribe. All that stuff really helps.
2: Awesome. I want to start by sending my condolences to the family of Mr. Wrestling 2 Johnny Walker. Yeah. He uh, passed away at the age of 85. Now, he was a star before I was a fan, so he's before my time. Uh, as a wrestling fan i'm fully familiar with uh who he was he was big in the 70s big in the territorial days really big in the nwa he won a lot of titles there singles titles and tag team titles uh i believe he went to the wcw hall of fame in 93 he went in the nwa hall of fame in 2012 and a little side note about johnny walker some people might not know his wife uh olivia who previously passed away olivia walker she made all of the robes in the 80s for guys like nature boy Ric flair yeah. So all those elaborate robes Ric Flair had in the 80s, Olivia Walker made those.
1: Good work if you so, can get it. <laughs> what's that? Good work if you can get it. Oh, Rick yeah. Was,
2: yeah, and 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 she made a mint yeah. on, on oh, those yeah. robes. But uh, my condolences to his family, 85 is pretty solid. And I yeah. haven't heard a, uh, a cause, but 85 is pretty good.
1: And the thing is, I was most familiar with him as WWF was expanding he he was one of the guys they brought in but he was towards the end of his wrestling career there he was he was not quite what he used to be but that's that was my initial exposure was seeing archive footage from WWF in like 84 85 maybe a little bit of a, i can't remember any in 86 but he mm-hmm. he worked a lot for them during that period and that was my exposure to him initially and then of course i found out all the the great things that he had done before that but yeah, definitely our condolences go out to his friends, his family, and his fans. That that sucks, but that, that's a good long life, too.
2: Absolutely, it is. Yep, next thing I'm going to do, Sean, is I'm going gonna, gonna to be a blatant shill. Okay. So last week on social media, I, I posted a message for our listeners and our viewers in the UK and Ireland. And I asked them, where do you shop? And I listed a whole bunch of stores like Dunstore, Tesco, Spar, Super Value and Centra in Ireland, in the UK, places like Sainsbury's, Tesco, Spar, Waitrose, Co-op, WH Smith, Asda, Walmart, Whole Foods. There's a reason that I asked that question. And the reason is, You're I have now- You're sending me to London. You're sending me and my <laughs> wife to
1: London on vacation. And you want to make sure that all expenses are paid.
2: London's actually a great town.
1: I know. My wife wants to go there bad, so that's a future Okay, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, No, the reason that I asked that question is I have now gotten into the beverage business. Okay. Sean Ross I have invested in a beverage company out of Ireland called The Naked Collective, and this Friday, June the 12th, they are launching in retail in Ireland and the UK. Uh, And the reason I listed all those stories is because that's where they're launching. And so that, that's that's the reason I wanted to know. And I'm, I've got the product line here. I'm I'm going to be Ooh. drinking one on the show right here, Sean. So they got two products. The first is called Mood M U D E. It is a naturally brewed seltzer. And they have a product line depending on, uh, on your day. So they have one called work here. They have one called play over here. They got one called chill. They got sleep. They got immuno boost. The nice. other product line is a naturally brewed alcohol free lager. So it's an alcohol free beer called so beer. And they got two kinds. This is the, uh, the, the natural or the, the regular flavor. Mm-hmm. And they have one with grapefruit in it as well. Uh, all naturally brewed packed with vitamins and minerals. And uh, like I said, it's going into retail on the 12th in the UK and Ireland. I would love to hear from people. If you see it in store, take a picture and send it to us on Twitter. If you decide to buy it, I would love your feedback. Whether you love it or you hate it, I would love your feedback. Send it to us on Twitter. And one other thing I want to show you, Sean, just because I think it's cool. Yeah. They're going to have merchandise. This is a reusable can.
1: Oh, cool.
2: So you can take the top off and all that. But get this. Can you believe this? zero plastic in this really zero plastic it is 100 percent biodegradable and 100 percent compostable this thing is cool man
1: nice I so like they're gonna the, have that too I, yeah, yeah maybe, they're gonna have that too i mean maybe it costs a little too much to ship some of the drinks to me but you could send me one of those cans
2: you know what they they use dhl to get all this stuff to me they sent me a whole bunch yeah. And uh, and so, uh, like I said, June, Friday, June 12th, they're going into retail. I mm-hmm. want to hear people's feedback if you're in the UK or Ireland. And if you go to com, you can get more information on what they're doing. They're really good guys out of Ireland. One of them lives down the street from Conor McGregor. Okay. And so whenever I talk to him, he'll tell me stuff like, I I went by his house yesterday. He's got a new car in the driveway. Oh, nice. Stuff like that.
1: <laughs> well, fortunately for you, you have such a dedicated employee that – my wife and I are willing to travel to London just to try this stuff whenever the travel ban is lifted. And of course we're, you'll have to pay for that. But still, uh, you know, I like a good beverage as much as anybody and I don't drink alcohol. So I'm very excited to actually try this. So this day. is good for you. Yes. Yeah. No
2: alcohol. I'm very excited. There you to go. Try that one I've day. been to London several times. London's a good town. It's expensive. Yeah. With the pound, but it's yeah. a good town, man. Piccadilly circus. And, uh, where is it that I always stay there? Uh, uh Leicester Square I believe it's oh, called okay. where I tend to stay there so well, we, yeah, we it's have, a good it's a good place
1: We have some super chats right out of the way uh Anakin says did Jimmy just need an
2: excuse to drink during work No alcohol in no any alcohol. of this stuff Oh naturally brewed seltzer this is what there this you is go. they actually brew it the way that, they brew this the way that you would brew beer Oh nice. uh, but there's no there's no alcohol in it yeah
1: Stay up and keep it up says in your opinion Was the you still got it chant from the scripted audience sound cringy? Why does WWE make their crowd sound like robots? Oh, if they could completely control every single reaction that came out of – Did you
2: hear about what the NBA wants to do when they get back in front of empty arenas? The 2K
1: stuff? The 2K sounds of the crowd? That's weird if that's what you're talking about. And what was that? Say that again? I said, Do you mean the two K, the, the video game sounds?
2: They want to use video game sounds.
1: Ugh No thank you. No thank you. And yeah I, I was
2: sorry to cut you off. I was once at a live event at uh at Skydome. It was a WWE live event at Skydome before they had the Air Canada Center and they would like tarp off half the arena. Yeah. Uh I can't recall who the opponent was, but Edge was the babyface. Can't recall who the heel was, and they piped in booze. Oh. And I was sitting on the floor, you know, watching this thing. And then all of a sudden on like one speaker over this way, you hear boo. And I was like, that is the most horrendous thing.
1: Yeah, I you know hate that. but I, did. I don't like faking sound. I mean, if you're desperate, maybe, maybe. We also have one mm-hmm. from Rob Wilkins. He says, when and if things get back to normal, do you think WWE should get a ton of matches in the can for main event uh, shows similar to what WWE did for Saturday nights? Yeah, probably. They should probably just go ahead and do their main event taping, do a full day of those, and not worry about getting content for that for months. Because I, I would, and I, I would use up and coming guys too. That's what yeah. it should be for. Yeah, it know? should be instead of people that you brought on TV and you don't have a damn clue as to what to do with them. Reminder, guys, so donate a super chat any amount, get your question or statement read right on the air. But we got news to talk about, Jimmy.
2: Yeah, so Sean Rossat broke something on FightfulSelect.com. I'm
1: always breaking something. I'm always getting the blame for
2: it. You broke a story about a heated debate, I guess you could call it, backstage uh, over NXT takeover in your house. I'm I'm going to throw the floor to you, Sean. You tell us what you heard.
1: Now I do have to say that um, I I do know the person who Sean Michaels has argued with. I know a lot of people have asked. Here's the issue with that, guys. I cannot. Reveal that because I couldn't get anybody to go on the record uh, about that. Like, e- even if people tell me things anonymously, if they tell me things off the record, I can't go forward with that. That person might end up revealing themselves, but that person actually told a couple of people on Sunday that Shawn Michaels got hot at me, me being the person, not me in particular. But I started to ask around, and Sunday, like, some people knew about it or had heard of it, but Monday is when I really started to get the word about it. And pleasantly surprised in some respects, because the person that that had kind of said, hey, Shawn Michaels got hot at me, had apparently said, oh, well, there's, there's no real racial inequality. Everybody's kind of treated the same. And Shawn Michaels, you know, the lifelong Texan, was like, no, it doesn't work like that. There's a lot of systematic... Racism and inequality, and a lot of justice not being served in the proper way, and apparently it got very heated, is what I'm told. But I also heard that the person was like, "Yep, yeah, he was fine the rest of the day. He he was he was okay to work with, all that good stuff." Now I didn't talk to either one of them. This is this was all hearsay, but it's hearsay from one of the people that was involved in the conversation. So like. I'm inclined to believe that, that it's true or else I wouldn't have reported it. And I had four – I think it was three or four people – I had three people that had talked to me about it by Monday and a, a fourth that had followed up and said, yep, that's that's what happened by Tuesday. So we ran it today. Good for Shawn Michaels. I'm told it was uncharacteristic of him, Jimmy, because apparently he's he's pretty calm and collected and quiet at these shows.
2: Right. So Sean's source is Vince McMahon. Yeah uh sean has got sean's got a direct line to him and boy did did sean michaels ever tear a strip off old vince yes good for you sean michaels it was
1: was vince McMahon specifically (laughs) somebody
2: will report that I said. of course i'm kidding because someone's going to report it yeah i'm kidding but uh no you know what i mean let's be honest wrestling traditionally has been the epicenter of racism and entertainment or at least one of them Every, every time a heel came in, if you were not white, you or I shouldn't say any time a heel came in, any time a new talent came in, if you weren't white, you were a heel. Yeah. Oftentimes. I mean, that's not always the case. I mean, they had some guys, Rocky Johnson, Tony Atlas, whoever. But typically, especially if you were, say, Asian, if you were uh, Eastern European, although yeah. they are white, I suppose. But it's the epicenter of racism in, in, uh, in entertainment in a lot of ways. So Sean's not wrong. Sean was still around during the territorial days, too. Yeah, he was. So he's he's seen like the the the, the probably the, the armpit of pro wrestling. I'm sure. You know? Yeah,
1: and and the thing is, like, I had a lot of other wrestlers that reached out and they said, "Was this the person that Sean argued with?" And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty much all who everybody suspected. And a lot of people were like, "Yeah, it is uncharacteristic of Sean to really speak out like that today." But a lot of people were very proud. And happy that he was willing to do that. So uh, I I'm probably gonna have more on stuff like this from In Your House weekend, but I, I gotta be careful of of things like that because there there is some things that get lost in translation and misinformation and all that stuff. But when when the person who was I I don't know if it's being yelled at, was telling people, Yeah, he got hot at me, and apparently they it was fine after that from what that person was telling wrestlers and and other people but i don't know i guess i guess we'll find out
2: have you seen the bruce lee uh 30 for 30 no so i did not know i mean i i knew that decades ago uh asians even asian americans were treated a certain way by hollywood yes what I didn't know is that in, say, a movie like Breakfast at Tiffany's, because I've never seen Breakfast at Tiffany's, I'm not the demo, I'm not a fan. I had no idea that uh, Mickey Rooney played an Asian guy in that movie. Did you know that, Sean? No. Mickey Rooney played an Asian guy in Breakfast at Tiffany's because they didn't want to uh, cast an actual Asian person. I mean, this this kind of stuff goes back decades, yes, not just time. in wrestling, but, but wrestling was as bad as any, any form of entertainment. But not just in wrestling, it goes back decades and i I saw the footage of that in the documentary I the lunacy to me because I've just never seen breakfast at Tiffany's, yeah, so uh
1: yeah, in he, I mean i hate I hate everything that's going on right now, but here's the hoping that that a real change <clears> is made <throat> I, are you there? Are you
2: there Yeah, sorry, sorry, I thought you were going to continue. <laughs> no, no, not much more I can say. Okay, so uh, back to TakeOver, a couple other things I want to ask you. First and foremost, so Io Shirai wins the women's title, but she didn't go over Charlotte Flair to win it. Triple H was asked about that, and he suggested it's part of a bigger story. Do you think that's a load of shit, because we know Charlotte is kind of like the corporate choice, and she's great, so it's not like she's in her position because she hasn't earned it. She's great, but she is the corporate choice. Do you think that's bullshit, or do you think that they really do have a plan and this story is going to extend out?
1: I think they have the skeleton of a plan. I think that was just him taking the heat off of himself. And then this week you have Charlotte and go and beat two people that are challenging for the damn tag titles this Sunday. What's the point, man? What did Rhea Ripley gain out of this? Right. Oh, Is she going to come to Raw and then beat Charlotte? Okay, well, I didn't need to see her win at WrestleMania then. Did, did we need right. to see Charlotte beat or eliminate Shayna from the Royal Rumble? No. No, we didn't. It's frustrating.
2: She's kind of like the female John Cena now, isn't she?
1: I mean, kind of. And the thing is, I respect her ability, and I think that she is oh, she's an great. amazing performer. I like watching her. I could watch her and Oscar wrestle all the time. Yep. But yeah, it is. It is a little bit of fr- a little bit frustrating to know that they don't really have a plan. But they're pretend. I mean, okay. I don't know that they don't really have a plan. But we've heard stuff like this before.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think arguably she's the best of all time. And and we've talked about this. What separates her is her presence and her promo ability. Nobody can touch her in yeah. terms of her promo ability, her ability to think on the fly. No one in the Hulk in the business can touch her.
0: Yeah, so uh, she's agree. great,
2: but she's 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 definitely protected. Now another thing about Triple H, she apparently had a talent meeting after Takeover. What was the what was the the main point of that?
1: The main point of this was uh, basically Triple H made, wanted to make sure everybody was included and. Inclusivity was a very important part of this. He said, doesn't matter your, your race, your age, your background, where you came from, what language you speak, what religion you have. I want everybody to feel included. And I'm paraphrasing here. I don't know exactly what he said at the meeting. And he had said that uh, he wanted their roster to be an example for the rest of the world on how to treat each other. And he got very emotional. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was... It was said to be a a very good speech and and a very good sentiment.
2: Good. Okay, that's good. I want to know one other thing about Charlotte Flair before we move on. Uh, She did an interview with Maria Menounos on YouTube, and the topic of children came up. Uh, And as a matter of fact, Charlotte, she just kind of threw stuff out there. Nothing is in stone. She just kind of threw stuff out there. She threw out the idea of potentially trying after WrestleMania next year. Uh, I don't know her intentions. That's her business. So I don't care what her intentions are, her and yeah. her and Andrade. But I do want to say this. She's going to be 35 in April. So the window is, is is you know, she's in that time window. Can you imagine if Charlotte Flair decides she's ready for the next stage of her career when they just lost Becky and now they might lose Charlotte too? That'd be a big hit, man, yes, losing it would, those two.
1: It'd be a massive hit. Because I had somebody say, uh, I think I was doing an interview with ESPN Radio yesterday and they're like, Well, they can get Charlotte there whenever they want. They can get Charlotte her 16 title reigns. And I'm like, well, Charlotte's 34. Yes. And once you get in your mid-30s, pregnancies are are not as smooth sailing as they are when you're younger. And I don't know what she wants to do to start a family. She has mentioned it a little bit that Andrade wants to, that maybe she doesn't want to. You never know how that might change on a daily basis. And I've said this oftentimes – I can't pretend to understand the motivations of millionaires. I I am not one. I am not a, a performer who, right now, they don't have to travel that much, but they do a lot. I can't put myself in their shoes. I can only go based on what they say.
2: Yeah, and it's all the more reason for WWE. They have to have foresight. And they have to think to themselves, Okay, somebody in Charlotte's position, like you said, she's kind of she's kind of done almost all she can do in pro wrestling. She's made her money. Andrade is pretty established. If she decides she's ready for the next phase of her career, they need to have the talent to come up behind her. And if you're putting her over everybody else and then she decides she's ready for the next phase of her career, then where does that leave you? So they definitely have to utilize people like Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler better. Uh, But, uh, you know, that's that's on on WWE, I guess. So Backlash is on Sunday, the greatest cup of coffee all time. Oh, Edge on. had uh, Edge posted on Twitter the other day that he had, tongue-in-cheek, of course. Um, I understand it's been taped already. The Some greatest of match of all time has been taped already? Oh,
1: yeah, from what I understand, yeah. But uh, I don't know if the whole thing has been. Um, I was told that it was pretty straightforward, and it was a match, a regular match, from what I understand.
2: No cinematic elements are going to be, I, I'm sure, I,
1: right? Now, I don't know. I, I don't know okay. what they, they've went and done separately. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But I was told, like, no shenanigans, like, bell rings, nutshot, pin, bell rings. Right. And the the method that's been brought up about it being an SEO play, it's kind of smart, I think. Because now, when people search the greatest wrestling match of all time, Backlash 2020 is going to come up, whether or not it's the greatest wrestling match of all time or not.
2: There is zero chance Vincent Man did that. With that intention, man,
1: not Vince man. It yeah. might've been pitched by no. somebody else.
2: Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't McMahon, know
1: what it, I don't think Vince McMahon is that hip to SEO.
2: No, I don't even think he knows what SEO is. I'm sure he knows what it is. Uh, I'd point. be surprised. What did you think about on television this week? They were comparing in terms of greatest match ever. They were comparing Edge Wharton, which hasn't even happened yet to Flair, steamboat, steamboat, Savage, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. You want to talk about, pressure you know what do you think about them trying to go in that direction matches hasn't even happened yet i just think it's weird because i have people that are
1: like oh well hypothetically it could be and i'm like yeah if me and jimmy set up a, a ring in the middle of of yong street or whatever it could hypothetically be the greatest wrestling match of all time i highly doubt it will be and obviously these are two guys a little more capable than you and i but hypothetically Bianca Belair versus Liv Morgan could be the greatest wrestling match of all time. Hypothetically, anything could be the greatest wrestling match of all time. So for them to put that on there ahead of time, it's just, it's impossible to live up to. I just know there will be somebody, no matter how good or bad the match will be, that will say... It lived up to it, you know. Oh, yeah. Or, or oh, they'll yeah, compare yeah, yeah. it to AEW or something. Well, AEW doesn't have the greatest wrestling match ever. They don't even have the balls to advertise the greatest wrestling match ever. That's what they'll. You just know that's coming.
2: So, are you suggesting that I set up a ring on Yonge Street in Toronto?
1: Yeah, I would love that. I would work RJ City in a match, in a ring, in the middle of of that city. Since he won't team up with me to face the North, he refuses to. I think.
2: Does he? Yeah. Hmm. Something to, it's food for thought next time you're in town. There you now, go. Uh,
1: we could add some cinematic elements. He's an honest-to-God actor.
2: There you go. <laughs> Edge has been making the media rounds. Uh, he was on ESPN as an example. They talked about the greatest wrestling match ever tagline. Edge himself said it was silly, mm-hmm. and Edge himself questioned if it's a rib. Yeah. Um. And so I feel like a broken record, and I shouldn't harp on this. Vince Man's too out of touch. He's going to be 75. He should not oversee creative for an entertainment entity targeting 18 to 49-year-olds. He shouldn't. Uh, And one other point about this I want to mention. FTR, formerly The Revival, they were on Jim Cornette's podcast. And this man came up in conversation. Here's a quote from Jim Cornette. And I don't typically quote Jim Cornette on stuff, but this is one that I felt I wanted to. Jim Cornette said, quote, the Vince that I knew would have cussed at the Vince of today because he's doing things that the other Vince would have said, no, that's not right.
1: I think he's right. Yeah.
2: He said that. Then uh, Dax Harwood, formerly Scott Dawson, he said that uh, WWE producers that worked there in the 90s told him, and this is a quote that he gave, I don't know what is wrong with Vince. This is not the Vince that I worked for before. Yeah. So he's 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 decades out of touch. He should not be there. The greatest wrestling match of all time tagline is stupid. It's pressure they'll never live up to it. Uh and no other booker would have would have come up with that unless it was supposed to be some kind of a joke. Otherwise no other promoter would have come up with that. It's yeah. dumb.
1: Yeah. And you know, I I am not really a regular listener of Jim Cornette or anything of that nature, but it's hard to disagree with him. This is not right. the Vince McMahon that came on to our screens in 97 and said we think you're tired of having your intelligence insulted because this tagline for this show is a direct insult to the intelligence of anybody that has any idea of it's, – it's sitting there and telling you this will be the greatest wrestling match of all time. You will enjoy it as such. And that, that mentality has been passed down. How many wrestlers have we seen say, stop criticizing it. Just shut up and enjoy it? Right. No, no thanks. That's not the way I do any of my programming. I you know what I didn't like the first season of Fear the Walking Dead and a lot of people didn't either. So what they do they went and slaughtered half the cast and brought in new people, and they made it better. They made I've never it. seen it. Well, is it good? The first season ain't. I'll tell you that. much. Oh yeah. But when they well, went now, when they well I haven't watched it in the past year. But when they went and
2: murdered
1: everybody on the that sucked on the show and only kept the good people, it got a lot better. And then they really? replaced the bad people with other good people. It got a lot better. And I'm not huh. telling WWE to lay off a bunch of wrestlers or anything like that. I'm telling them to do better. Do better with creative. Do better with stories. Uh, they, they've closed a lot of holes as far as like making sense and all that. So I appreciate that. But there's still so many questions. And we have plenty of questions in our Super Chat right now, Jimmy. Okay. SRS hey, hey. says, Any update between you and David Starr's mom? I get the feeling, Jimmy, this is going to haunt me like the tall gimmick did. Like, I did the tall gimmick as a rib, and occasionally I still get people that will do that. This David Starr thing is going to haunt me for a very long time, I think.
2: The only thing I'm going to say, and I told Sean this off the air, and this is no dis- disrespect to David Starr, uh, but David Starr, oh, David, Starr is, David Starr is kind of a furry little man, or, you know, he's he's he's...
0: David Starr's
2: <laughs> David Starr's mom is stunningly beautiful, and I could not believe that was his mom because I, I I didn't watch QuizzleMania, but Sean sent me the clip. he's like, "You might want to see this yeah. and it was the little thing of uh, of him and David Starr's mom she is stunningly beautiful. I don't know how she had David Starr, but uh, I'll say this
1: like my mom has not been a proponent of wrestling. My mom found that clip and she thought it was hilarious. She thought it was hilarious and I was like, god oh, damn it, son of a bitch. But, yeah, that's going to haunt me. But, hey, maybe we'll make some Dong Lord shirts or something. I feel like those could sell. Our boy, TakeOver, uh, Throwback27, uh, says, uh, with how TakeOver went, do you guys think that the Cole versus Dream match didn't live up to the hype that they built the match for? Is this a foreshadowing of what could happen with Edge and Orton putting pressure on the talent and not living up to expectations? I think that's a really good example. And they didn't even have the greatest wrestling match of ever or of all time tagline but I didn't think that that lived up to it. I thought that both of them were capable of so much more, and it just wasn't quite there.
2: I think that the one saving grace going into backlash is Edge and Orton are pros, mm-hmm. uh, like longtime pros. And I guarantee you that they have laughed about that tagline, and they've probably both said, "This is just a bunch of bullshit," and "This is just kind of Vince being Vince." And I don't think either one of them is taking it too seriously. You can't live up to it. There's going to be a certain percentage of wrestling fans because you know some wrestling fans take the shit very seriously yes. there's going to be percentage of fans that crap all over it and say that wasn't anywhere close to the greatest wrestling match of all time i think edge of wharton they're just like whatever they're just rolling yeah. with it i think
1: yeah uh, also guys check out throwbacks podcast he does every tuesday he uh donates so often i want to make sure to plug that he is growing he's doing his own thing so make sure you guys check that out give him positive reinforcement give him some good constructive criticism because that's the way we get better at this Evan Wright says not just Rhea but Charlotte messed up Bianca Belair too I don't know if she messed up Bianca Belair that much Um, I would love to see a long term feud between them I don't think that did as much harm to Bianca as WWE bringing her up and then not using her did but I do understand the complaints I, I for sure understand the complaints
2: it was definitely the call-up with no plan. And, yeah. and how many times have we seen that over the years? They call somebody up because they just feel it's time, or maybe they have nothing for them in NXT. Yeah. So they call them up, they have no plan, they do nothing. I still cannot believe that she's not with the Street Profits. Yeah. Like, to me, this is so obvious, you know what I mean? But it is what it is, and I fully agree. Bianca Belair is a good talent. She should be with the Street Profits.
1: Callum Patterson says, What's next for Damian Priest? This guy could be a star. Ooh, he's got star written all over him. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to minimize Baron Corbin's talent. I really like him in the ring. And I did chuckle a little bit when Damian Priest did that half-Nelson crossface that I bitch about Baron Corbin doing in all of his matches when he slows him down. But if you are Vince McMahon, and you look at those two and their body of work, I don't know how you're not saying... That Damian Priest guy is is the thing that, that he's the guy I've been looking for in in that spot the not the giant but the bigger than most of my baby faces guy. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that I think could convincingly go up against Braun Strowman because he offers a completely different skill set. I have been high on Punishment Martinez now Damian Priest for like the last 3 years I think it was. I came to know him when I did a lot of stuff with Matt Riddle because they were tag team partners and they were very familiar with each other. A lot of people even insinuated at one point, Jimmy, that they were signing Damian Priest just because Matt Riddle was there. Uh I don't think how I don't think anybody can look at his work on Sunday and say that. This guy's awesome.
2: He also has a really good look. Yeah. Uh Baron Corbin, I've always kind of wondered what it is that makes him a, a favorite with management. I and I kind of wonder if it's the football background. Mhm. Because, you know, that makes him legitimate. You know how how they think In WWE sometimes, so maybe that has something to do with it, but I agree with you, Uh, Damian Priest is good in the ring, he's got a hell of a look, he's got size, I think it was Road Dog. he was on After the Bell, and he said, uh, if Adam Cole was the size of Killer Cross, I think, if Adam Cole was the size of Killer Cross, he'd be a world champion in WWE And unfortunately, that's the mentality, yeah. and, and Damian Priest has that. So yeah. he's going to get a good opportunity. It's
1: a shame guys like Henry Cejudo and Conor McGregor aren't uh, Killer Cross' size. Drew Nicholas says, super busy right now, but just wanted to give Sean, Jimmy, and the Fightful crew a special shout-out. Thanks for all the work you guys do. Sean, I never want to deal with the crap you do on Twitter. It's not that bad. It's really not that bad. I hit like maybe one person a week with a good zinger, but that's out of like 35,000 tweets. It's largely positive. So uh, and yeah, ultimately we're we're not we're not saving lives. We're reporting wrestling news. But thank you, uh, Liam Moores says. Is there a chance Charlotte may be added to the Raw title match after what happened on Monday's Raw? Jimmy, from a Heat perspective, I would kind of love that, and I would love Charlotte to pin Nia.
2: And I don't think Charlotte gives a shit. No, I mean, it doesn't from give a, a
1: shit. From a Heat point, Charlotte right. that them. Them taking Charlotte Gets All These Chances and switching yep. it to Charlotte Gets All These Chances, Yeah, I could think of worse creative ideas. Um It'd be better but, with a live crowd, but, you know. Evan Wright says, best heel in the business, Baron Corbin. That is a great meme. Oh, Jimmy, <laughs> on any given day, you can type in on Twitter, best heel in the business, Corbin. And, and somebody will say that. Just because some... Guy from the 90s probably said it on the radio one time, and they've mimicked it. Best heel in the business. Best best heel in the business doesn't make you change a channel. I'm sorry. And I know a lot of people right. are okay with that, but uh, not me. But I do enjoy his work. I will say there was a comment on Mania last week that I liked where somebody said, Everybody says MJF is the best heel in the business when we have a perfectly good SRS right here. Isn't that cute? It is. Look cute. at that. And our, I think our,
2: it was. I think it was Roddy Piper in the '80s that said Hulk Hogan gets all of the praise uh, for the for the business, yeah. but he said they paid money to see me get beat by him. Yeah, that's what you. got That's do. what a good heel is. That's you what a do good do. heel is. We got. Yeah. Is anybody is anybody paying money to watch Baron Corbin get beat up? No, I don't think so. Well,
1: fortunately, people are paying money for our super chats, and we have a couple left. Rob Wilkins says, <laughs> Jimmy Van WWE or Ryder doesn't want WWE using his pool. Can they use yours?
2: I just got a slide installed today. What? I did. I got a slide installed today. Yeah. Oh my
1: God. I mean, we did use your. It's going to be awesome.
2: We did use your movie theater
1: for a skit at one point. Yes,
2: we so, did. Yes, we did. But
1: yeah, I agree with Ryder. Ryder said he was shaking in anger. I would have been pissed off too. He could have said no. He could have said, all right, pay me two grand and I'll do it.
2: There you go. That's what he should have there said. you go. He, he should yeah, have turned it into capitalism. He should
1: have said extend my ninety days past this day and you can use right. it. Uh right. throw back twenty. I mean he didn't he didn't
2: shortchange me on those LGNs. Let me tell you <laughs> no, Sean.
1: No, he didn't. By the way, <laughs> hit him up. He's doing interviews with all these big boys. Come on, even though we don't we don't have the traffic, come on, you've given him enough money to where we can do an interview. Jesus. I haven't talked to him about
2: that. So what? It, I was telling Sean this off there. He knows me as the LGN guy. He doesn't really know me as the Fightful guy. Because the face of the site is, is you. Yeah. So he doesn't know me as that guy.
1: And finally, Throwback27, check out his podcast on Tuesday, says, David Starr's mom will haunt him just as long as the Bengals jersey will haunt me. Yeah, he had to buy a Throwback Bengals jersey because Gronk lost the 24-7 title. Prophets and Viking Kings are a joke. and. And it needs to end. These guys are wasting their talent and time. Uh, The more they do, the more the casual fan steps away, probably. hard for me to disagree with that. I understand they want to recreate the cool magic that was MVP and Matt Hardy. But this ain't it. It ain't working, Jimmy.
2: Can you imagine if in, say, 87, Vince McMahon told the British Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation... You guys are going to tape a bunch of skits where you're going to be doing a decathlon, and you're going to be sitting down eating turkey legs and Can you imagine, Sean? Yeah. Because they actually took a thing seriously and they took the tag titles seriously and the dynamite kid probably would have told this to fuck off. Yep. And here we are now and here we are now in 2020 and the tag titles have they're basically worthless pieces of tin.
1: Makes me is sad. what the tag
2: titles are. It's really unfortunate. Yeah, they
1: TR hit the bricks. It wasn't as much about them as it was about the tag division.
2: Yes. And I it the basic premise of pro wrestling, and I feel like I've talked about this before. The basic premise of pro wrestling is two people have a disagreement that they settle in the ring or one person is the champion and the other wants the title to make more money. That is the basic premise of pro wrestling. The Viking Raiders in terms of reality, why are you doing this stuff? Yeah. If you're the Viking Raiders. The Street Profits you can kind of understand because it's keeping them out of the ring. They're the champions. If you're the Viking Raiders, why are you doing this stuff? You want the title shot. You want them in the ring. You want the belt. You want to make more money. Why are you doing this garbage? It's oh, stupid.
0: Oh, by the it's way, they, they
1: lost while well, they're in the middle of this tag title program, I assume, to MVP and Bobby Lashley. So I'm sitting here wondering, one, why isn't Charlotte in the world title match? She just beat Asuka. Why aren't Charlotte and in the tag title match? They just beat the challengers. Why aren't MVP and Bobby Lashley also in the tag title picture because they just beat the Viking Raiders who have been involved with Street Profits? And I know that somebody will pop up and go, well, "Sean, they're in, they're in other programs. They're in they're at other programs. Oh, wasn't Bailey in? Yeah, wasn't she world champion while she became tag champion? Is this impossible now? I, I it's so frustrating to me, Jimmy.
2: Can you imagine if in 1990, before WrestleMania six, WWE booked Hogan and Warrior in a tag match, and Hogan pinned Warrior clean in the tag match prior to WrestleMania Six. It sounds ludicrous because they never would have done it, but in this, in this day and age, they do it every week.
1: All the time. It's so frustrating. It's, yeah. I want to watch winners. That's why when people see me bitching when the UFC, oh, Max Holloway gets a title shot, and I'm like, well, yeah, he was a great, great champion. He just lost to this guy, and it w- wasn't really that close. Nobody thought he won the fight. I don't need to see that. I don't need to see Jose Aldo off of a loss competing for a title. I don't need to see Joel Romero competing for the title off of a loss. It's mm. so annoying. I want to watch winners fight other winners or right. people I'm
2: actually, with, with issues. Sorry, I was going to. I was going to say I'm actually going to talk about the UFC later okay. because of what they're doing because I am I look at different things different promotions are doing kind of as a template to get around certain sanctions and whatnot. So I'm going to talk about that later. But first, Randy Orton, Tommaso Ciampa, is this a Twitter war that they're doing intentionally to try to turn into a program? Or was this just Randy Orton being a dick and then Tommaso Ciampa responded?
1: Um, I think they kind of know what's up there. I think they they know that – Eventually, there, there might be some work there. I, I would assume, without speaking to either one of them, that it's professional discourse and just a little bit of zinging and all that. Let's see you can one up the other person there. I don't think there's real heat there, but the people that I've spoken to have, have like they, they thought it was pretty entertaining and pretty funny in the
2: company. I didn't think it was a heat thing. I thought it was Wharton just kind of being a dick about the leg slap and stuff. Yeah, uh, on Twitter. But then I thought it was Chompa thinking, all right, let's let's jump in and kind of turn this into something. The, the, the only thing I will say, if this is if they do have this idea that they're going to turn this into a program, I really, really hope that the decision is made to send Orton down to NXT for that program, which should be something new and fresh and interesting and might give NXT a boost on Wednesday night as opposed to calling Tommaso Ciampa up to the main roster. That's what I want to see. I want to see Randy Orton in NXT as opposed to Tommaso Ciampa come up to Raw because that – he's an NXT guy. Leave him in NXT. They need somebody uh, for that show Wednesday nights. I would leave him there.
1: Yeah, I – and see, Tommaso Ciampa has said he didn't want to leave NXT for Raw. He said that he would quit, yada, yada. I wonder that if in this era he might have a little more leeway onto something like that and say, you know what? We're all in Orlando anyway. If you all want to bring me up for a few months and then when things go back to normal, trade me back. I don't see why they couldn't do that. Uh, I just hope Maybe. they don't use that dumbass brand-to-brand invitation, which seems like it's been abandoned. They haven't mentioned it at all in recent weeks. Uh, I just hope they don't do that.
2: I mean, that's because Vista comes up with an idea, goes with it, and then he like you know, has a glass of Ovaltine, and then he forgets and then goes on to something else. I mean, that's, that's kind of what they do, I guess. Uh, all right, let's move on to New Japan because, uh, once again, I like talking about what promotions are doing because it could become a, a template and how to navigate things during COVID-19. So New Japan announced that they are returning on June 15th. Uh, they're going to start with a show called Together Project Special. The day after that, they're going to do the New Japan, New Japan Cup, which they were supposed to do in March, and they had to cancel. So they're going to start that on June 16. It's going to run until July 3rd, all empty arena, the whole tournament. Um, but then on July 11, they're going to start running in Osaka at 30% capacity. They're going to run shows back to back, July, July 11 and, and uh, July 12. Um, and here's some interesting stuff. So they released their guidelines. Some of this stuff, I'm curious if it's going to work, and and I, I know on paper it looks good, but I'm curious if it's going to work. So the first one is: wrestlers have to take their temperature twice a day. They have to log their activity of who they've been in contact with, and if any COVID symptoms are present, staff has to be notified and the wrestler has to immediately quarantine. That seems all right. I mean, that's that's something they can probably that's probably doable, uh, unless you're uh, Jacare Souza. Otherwise, it's something that's probably doable. Another one is <laughs> attendant. Attendance has to be minimized at the venue. Times have to be kept shorter. All wrestlers and staff must wear a mask at the venue. That's going to be a challenge, I think. Uh, logs will be kept of how long they're at the venue. Wrestlers must also leave the venue after, quote, their objective has been completed. That's the words they used. After their objective has been completed, meaning after they work a the match, yeah. they, have, they have to leave the venue, uh, and conversations have to be limited. The next one is, this is going to be interesting, locker rooms will be zoned and staggered. In terms of entry, wrestlers' food and drink will have their name written on it. Buffet-style catering will not be available. And New Japan will individually pack containers for wrestlers. If WWE did that, can you imagine the ribs? Sean Ross App.
1: Well, what kind of ribs? Do you mean like delicious ribs or – because they
2: did have a barbecue truck outside for
1: NXT in your house.
2: Did they? Yeah, they did. Okay, okay. Uh, the next one is the ring and ringside are going to be clean and disinfected between matches. Are you going to do that with live fans? When they got live fans in there?
1: I, I could see them doing that. Yeah, I mean, they have intermissions and stuff like that. I just think that they have a quick, I think they'll probably, like, run, like, some sort of, like, mop or something over it or, or something That's like all?
2: that. That's all? Maybe. I don't know. Okay, yeah, because, like, Bleach Solution, psh, when when you got, like, even if you got limited capacity? Yeah. I don't know. And then the last one is all fans must wear a mask. No intentional physical contact should be made with the wrestlers. And get this, Sean. And this is no problem for the Japanese audience. No loud cheering. Not
1: going to be an issue. That's a guideline. Not
2: going to be an issue. No loud cheering. Not going to be an issue. No. But that's everything that they're they're doing in New Japan. And so uh, we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, I'm glad they're coming back. They're going to have live crowds before they do in the U.S. So
1: at least I think so.
2: I'm excited
1: for New Japan. I'm excited. It's a different kind of wrestling, and I'm ready for it. And it, it's about time. I, they're doing their own new Japan Cup. I mean, they got like a Jado in there, so you know they're limited on on the talent. But you also have guys like Will Osprey in there, and that's pretty cool to have considering the limitations that that we face right now. But uh, I'm excited. Will Ospreay's
2: going to be able to work.
1: Yeah, he's in the tournament, or I think maybe it's, okay, or maybe, I it's Jr. maybe it's Zach Saber Junior. Maybe it's Zack Saber Junior that was in the tournament.
2: So I mean, I so here's. Here's something that confused me. I thought Will Ospreay lived in Japan, uh, and then he posted on social media about, hey, I miss you guys in Japan, and I hope to be back soon. And I thought, okay, I guess he went back to Europe then. Yeah, I, the, think uh, I, got,
1: I think I got mixed up. I think I was thinking of um, of Zack Sabre Jr. I was. My bad.
2: Okay, my okay. Bad. <laughs> and is Zack Sabre Jr., he lives in Japan, I guess? Zach I Sabre assume
1: Jr.? he's there right now because he's doing yeah, the yeah. tournament. Yeah, they, they okay. announced him. Um, he's the primary – guy that I look at that doesn't look like he was born in Japan based on the, the field that I see. So, but I mean, they, they could do a lot worse than what they have too. They've got so many good guys and it's open weight. I'm cool with that too.
2: And how do you think Osprey is going to do when he comes back? He's up to like 230 pounds. I think he'll do really good. <laughs> I think he'll yeah. do
1: really awesome. He, he seems like he's maturing a lot by the day too. Like he seems that's like good. Yeah. And that, that's really awesome.
2: His days of chirping Vader like a little young punk are gone. That's good. Good for him. All right, let's go to stupid people. I'm not going to do the video. Uh, this is another not-just-coronavirus edition. Sean Ross sap. Sometimes I think some of these are fake because they're so good. Oh, boy. But they're not. These are real. I vet them. I look up like le- legitimate news outlets for this stuff, and they're real. Uh, And it's amazing. This first one, this was reported by the UK Metro on June 6. So there's a place called Ludlow. It's a it's a little uh, village in a town of Shropshire, England. And a little while ago, signs were posted letting motorists know that no parking was allowed in the town square. And that enforcement was in was still in effect despite COVID-19. you with me. Yeah. So they posted signs saying no parking was allowed in the town square. Enforcement was still in effect. There was a problem. Any idea what that problem was? Their dicks fell off. Somebody failed to understand the importance of punctuation. And so. Oh, no. This is what the sign said. Let's see if I can get this on camera. This is what the sign said. No punctuation. No parking enforcement in operation. That's what. Can you see that? <laughs> That's what the sign said right there. No parking enforcement in operation. No commas, no nothing. People thought that that meant that there was no yes. parking enforcement. Right? When People thought, oh, cool. There was no parking enforcement. That meant that everybody parked there and everybody got fined, Sean. Oh,
1: my God. Okay, so I've got a story. When I was younger, there was somebody – I can't remember if it was in the Yellow Pages or on their actual door, but – it was listed under therapists, but there was a space put in there, and it put the rapist on there. Um, needless to say, that was an issue and changed significantly. You can put the sign down, Jimmy.
2: Okay, okay. I was sign. I was waiting for it to come on the um, – I have a leg on my stream. I wanted to make sure I had it center. Oh, you, so.
1: you, you're, you're fine. Go ahead.
2: So a counselor, a local counselor named Andy Boddington, he's encouraging anyone who got a ticket to challenge it. Mm-hmm. And one resident named Max Stevens. He was he was uh, interviewed by the local news, and he said, "quote I remember the days when a basic understanding of the English language was a requirement when applying for a job where you would be needed to use it." Uh oh. Yep, that's what happened, man. This next one, reported by the Monroe News Star out of Monroe, Louisiana, on yes. June 4. This is a perfect example of small town police on. Small town police. This has nothing to do with police brutality. Okay. But it's a perfect example. It's a perfect example of small town police. So, in the town of Grayson, Louisiana, there was a complaint about money that was seized but never logged as evidence and went missing. Uh oh. (laughs) All right. Now, after that happened, the police chief of the Grayson police. His name is uh, Mitch Bratton. He posted something on Facebook that is truly indicative of small town police. What's that? And I'm going to read I'm going to read the post to you. He said, "A few weeks back, I contacted an outside agency to come look into some concerns that I had with a town employee." So you would seem to think, "Okay, maybe he had concerns about this money that went missing." Yes. Right? Well, then the police chief continued, "Today, while cooperating with the state police, the state police, which is like next level up, they charged me with obstruction of justice and malfeasance in office. He's the one accused of stealing the money. And here's what makes it even better, Sean, the police chief says, I won't debate the validity of the charge. Oh. And it gets and it gets even better. I wanted to be in full disclosure this does not affect me being the chief of police and I intend to be as accessible as I always have while I let the criminal justice system work this issue out.
0: This is Isn't that bad. unbelievable? Yes, it is. Isn't that
2: unbelievable? <laughs> so to summarize, he's accused of stealing 4000 in cash. Yeah. Uh, he's not denying it. Yeah. You know he's not denying the validity of it, but that's okay because I need to keep on being the police chief.
1: Oh, how far has this gotten? The hell along? Is that? How what far is has that? this gotten along? Like, do they have any
2: dates set or anything? Uh, no, that this the uh, yeah. June four is when the story came out, so that was about a week ago that the story came out. Isn't that Damn. unbelievable? Crazy! I can't imagine if that happened in in, in a city like Toronto, the oh, guy yeah. would be. You can There'd be. There'd be. Done. It's it'd be crazy. This last one, Sean. Ah, oh, this last one, Sean. <laughs> okay, hit me
1: with it. Is it the SRS I told
2: file? my I told my mother-in-law about this one because my mother-in-law has a, a house in in Florida and a house in Canada. She's a dual citizen. Florida. So I, yeah, so I, I well, no, this story is not just about Florida, okay. but so this was reported by ARStechnica.com dot com on June five, Sean. This is good. So. I did not know this, but the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which we've been hearing a lot about you know, during COVID-19, yeah. they actually release a weekly report called the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. Okay. I, I didn't know they did this. Me either. In last week's edition of this weekly report, they posted the results of an online survey that they conducted. And they conducted this online survey because they wanted to get an understanding of people's knowledge and practices when it comes to household cleaning and disinfection. Yes. They surveyed 502 American adults. Here are the results of the findings. This is real. I actually looked up on the CDC website. This is real. Of the people surveyed, 19% wash fruits, vegetables, and other foods in bleach. 18% use household cleaners and not hand soap to wash their hands or other body parts. 10% said that they missed themselves with household cleaners uh, and disinfecting products. They missed themselves. 6% said that they intentionally inhaled the fumes of household cleaners, including bleach. And 4%, which is 20 people of that were surveyed, 4% reported gargling... Or drinking household cleaners, soap solutions, and bleach solutions. No. And hold on, here's I gotta th-
1: freshen my breath with this hair conditioner.
2: Yeah. And here's a massive shock, Sean Rossat. 25% of the respondents reported unpleasant health effects from exposure to cleaning products, such as dizziness, skin irritation, nausea, yeah, and breathing I'm problems. I'm shocked.
1: Yeah. I'm shocked. I mean, I. Let's see, I'm not a professional doctor. I am an amateur doctor, but I'm going to go ahead and diagnose those people. Uh, I'm going to give them their solution. Stop doing that, and I think you might feel better.
2: The only thing I can say is really the, the, the key difference between us and monkeys is the size of our brain. For some people, yeah. For some people. For some people. Like, if you were to give a monkey bleach, I think he's going to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? He's going to figure it out. He might do it once. He's yeah. not going to do it again. Ugh. Isn't this unbelievable? This is real. That really like when happened.
1: When I hear stuff like that, I think, like, one, how skewed is this? Where did they find these sur- survey subjects? Because I'm shocked by yeah. those numbers.
2: Yeah, that I, they didn't say. It was just an online survey. So I imagine they, they probably just canvassed people online, meaning that they didn't canvass a particular Surely state. Surely some people got to be, be trolling if it's
1: an online survey.
2: Maybe, but are they going to have like four percent of them troll?
1: Maybe, is that possible. Maybe based on yeah.
2: Oh, well we I do know. we do have plenty of super chats.
1: Evan Wright says all I ask for is meaningful title runs with storylines that make sense based on the talent provided. Is that too much to ask? I think that should be the bare minimum, Jimmy. I think that should be the benchmark because I'm not a tough person to please. If it makes right. sense and it matters, I'm probably going to enjoy it.
2: I've said this before, and I'll say this again. One of my favorite programs of all time is Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, 1988 to 1989. And I understand it was a different time. They had four pay-per-views a year. They had syndicated television. You could stretch a program out longer, and that's that's fine. But what I loved about it was they started just with subtle little things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Subtle little things. Hogan accidentally puts his hand on Elizabeth's butt. Randy Savage glares at him. Subtle little things. That is completely missing today. Because today they go from a subtle little thing to the uh, to the uh, attack from behind to the match in two weeks. Yep. And that's what I miss. I miss the build. I miss the good build of the story. And they don't do it anymore. And uh, and again, and I, I hate to, I hate to harp on Vince McMahon. It's Vince McMahon. The buck stops with him. He's the decision maker. Yeah. It stops with him. And you cannot have a 75 year old man overseeing creative for an entertainment product targeting 18 to 49 year olds. You can't. That's just how it is. And so long as he's in charge, it's not going to get better. And it's I think, not.
1: I think why the I think that's why the demographics don't really scream in WWE's favor in a lot of ways. Um, well, it's because the older demos with half the, the audience.
2: Well, the older demos are loyal from the good old days. So like, like you and I that were fans in our younger yeah. days in the Attitude Era, we're loyal fans that have stuck with it because you know we loved how it was then and maybe we're hoping it's going to get to that again. The audience over the last 10 years know it's shit mm-hmm. and so they've fallen off and it, it's very easy for WWE to say, oh, cable cutters and uh, that's all bullshit. If your product is good, people are going to watch, but because it's not, that's when you lose them to video games and to YouTube and to whatever. That's that's basically the gist of it.
1: Uh, we have a super chat from Salesforce he says not much sorry as I lost my job this is towards your London fund. Hey don't don't feel obligated to donate if you you've lost your job. Keep keep your money my Sorry plan. to hear
2: that too. Sorry yeah, to hear that.
1: Hope things change very soon for you. Core 1997 says it seems like the four horsewomen have heat on them with girls backstage based on how they're booked. You're going to have jealousy for people who are booked near the top in any anything but the thing is the horsewomen are more than capable in the ring. This isn't like, I know there's a lot of accusations of nepotism, and maybe some of the booking has been, but the performances, it's hard for me to look at that and be like, ah, yeah, they, they don't, some of it isn't justified, but they have to put other women on the level of them, Jimmy. The I first agree. few years, okay, sure, but you got to put some on the level of them. Everyone. I agree.
2: Charlotte. Sorry, I was going to say again, going back to Charlotte, she mentioned nepotism in that Marina Menunos interview, uh, because she hears that criticism a lot. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to Charlotte, Charlotte's good. And I, I don't think there's a girl in the company that can touch her in terms of an overall package. A lot of girls can go in the ring. But in terms of an overall package, I don't think anybody can touch her. And she got where she is because she's good. But I 100% agree they need to have other people lined up so that if she does decide she's ready for the next phase of her life, they got people ready to go.
1: Evan Wright says, give me Okada versus Hiromu, please. That's one of the benefits of, of tournaments like this. Open weight, you get more interesting matchups. And Liam Moore says, love the Triple H Sour Graps t-shirt on the media call. Yeah, during the media call, I put various logos on Triple H's shirt. That was you? That was me, yeah. That's me.
2: I figured that was like Rob Wilkins with the Photoshop or
1: something. <laughs> no, I was just I was just nah, sitting there waiting on my question and decided to add some shirts and all that. But yeah, you know. You know.
2: So after this, if you go to FightfulSelect.com, we're going to talk about Drake Maverick. We're going to talk about MLW. We're going to talk about how Wednesday nights are catching Monday nights. We're going to talk about Tessa Blanchard. Uh, we're going to talk about some WWE retapes, Jinder Mahal. One more thing I want to talk about today, uh, and it's MMA, and we don't talk a lot of MMA. Yeah. But I want to talk about it because depending on how long restrictions continue – You never know if the wrestling companies decide to get almost as creative as UFC is getting. They're not getting quite as creative because they don't need to. But you never know if they might decide to do something. So Dana White has talked a lot about Fight Island, Fight Island, Fight Island, and everybody kind of thought he was full of shit. Uh, But they have have now announced that there actually is a Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. And the reason it exists is because they can sanction fights there and they can get international fighters there. That's the reason. So anybody that doesn't live in the U.S., like Khabib, that you can't currently get into the country, they can bring them to a place like Abu Dhabi. Yes. And so they've announced Fight Island. And if you're an MMA fan, you want to talk about some huge uh, fights that have been signed. Empty arena shot. It feels like a waste, but they have to do it because of the ESPN deal. Yep. So look at some of these big fights. <laughs> That's July why we 11. have Jessica
1: I versus Cynthia Calvillo as a main event on Saturday. No, no offense to them, but you got – a number 10 straw weight jumping up in weight to main event a show it's because they got to fill out that deal
2: july 11 on fight island kamaru uzman gilbert burns for the welterweight title that's going to be freaking good uh if you're a fan of the ufc gilbert burns just beat the shit out of yes. tyron woodley and so now he gets a title shot and he's getting to get pretty i mean he didn't really take damage against tyron woodley exactly but he's getting pretty quick though yes it is but anyway, so. That's happening. Uh, Alex Volkanovski against Max Holloway. That's the rematch. Uh, he beat Holloway for the featherweight title. That's the rematch. You mentioned this one. Peter Yan against Jose Aldo for the bantamweight title. All three of those are on the July 11 Fight Island card. Uh, and then the one that I can't wait to see. Stepe Miocic, Daniel Cormier, the rubber match for the heavyweight championship. That's going to be in Vegas on uh, August 15th for the heavyweight title. And then in September, they haven't announced the location. Probably Fight Island, I think. Yeah. Uh, Khabib against Justin Gaethje for the uh, lightweight title, which is going to be good, too, Sean. Yes, it is. like going to be good. Again,
1: with the Cormier thing, not keen on them giving a guy a title shot off a loss, an immediate title shot. But it's probably going to be his last fight. So
2: I think so. I also think that at DC, I think, deserves it. Yeah. Because he's 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 one of like the, the corner the, the cornerstones of the promotion. Sure. He's done a lot for them promotion wise. Yeah. Uh and uh, I think he deserves it. I have no problem with him getting it. It is the rubber match. And, my my uh, thing was like,
1: Miocic also got his rematch coming off of the loss, the Cormier, and I'm like, ah
2: damn man. Yeah. But, but at uh, least it's the rubber match. This is the final one. Yeah, and, you would think. Wait, wait until they get as, a And as good as these fights are, too, as good as these fights are, they still got McGregor and John Jones sitting there, too, Sean.
1: Allegedly. McGregor pretended he retired again.
2: That's all bullshit. Thank you
1: for the cheese. Catch you as later. You guys yeah. can catch us later at FightfulSelect.com. The list goes on, but that's not it. We had a ton of new subscriptions today, and I want to thank you guys for that. But every week— You got Sour Graps. Alex does Raw and SmackDown reviews. Every week, I do a QA and a show. Every week, I give you 20, 25 minutes of exclusive audio with news that's just exclusive to Fightful. Contract updates, injury updates, all that. Then, if you want 205 Live, uh, NWA, uh, Ring of Honor, stuff like that. Uh, Steven Jensen, rather. Sorry, I stumbled there. Steven Jensen does the Weekender podcast. That's just our podcast slate. That doesn't even include all the news you get there every week. But if you're watching here on YouTube, leave a thumbs up and subscribe. Till next time. And once
2: again, once again, TheNakedCollective.com, Friday, June twelfth, in stores in the UK and Ireland. I really want to hear from people on Twitter. If you see it in stores and if you try it, whether you like it or not, hit me up on Twitter. Or hit up Fightful and I want to hear from you.
1: Do it, guys. Until next time, we're out.